The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the show today. I'm Diane Ray. Thanks for finding me. I'm all over the place. If you happen to be uh, just clicking around online, we're at unityonlineradio.org. And you can also find the show on iTunes. Well, I guess it's called Apple Play now. iTunes sounds so old. (laughs) So we're on Apple, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, all over the place. And you can find me all over the place too. I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and whatnot. So however you connect, I'm so glad you can join me for the show today. And especially if you're feeling, you know, a little lost, maybe not quite sure of what next steps to take. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed about what's going on in your life right now. Well, my my guest today is going to help you sort through sort through all of that. I mean, she's one of the most positive people that I've ever met, and I'm so happy that she can finally come on the show today. We've been trying to connect, so I finally got her on. And I first met Elizabeth Hamilton Guarino a few years ago during my Hay House days, and she had just released her book called Percolate out in 2014. And I loved the positive message in the book. And I loved talking with Elizabeth on my radio show back then. And she's the founder and CEO of Best Ever You and Compliance 4. And she has helped thousands of people and companies all around the world to be their best and achieve world-class excellence. And she also is the host of her own radio show on Blog Talk Radio called The Best Ever You Show. That's available for podcasts as well. And she's celebrating over five hundred broadcasts and that's quite the feat let me tell you <laughs> do 500 radio shows so you have to check her out she also has a web tv show best ever you tv she's a media mogul and you can find her online at elizabethguarino.com or just google best ever you so welcome to the show elizabeth i'm so glad you could join me today Thank you so much for having me on your show, Diane. Boy, I'm all over the place, too, so (laughs) I love the word compelling. We'll we'll try and keep ourselves compelling today, but thank you for all of that. Um, That's a wonderful introduction, and I'm always just so grateful to be in your company. You, um, You inspire us all so much with all that you do. Awesome. Well, we're going to have a a fun chat today and uh, just kind of inspire some people that are out there listening. You know, we're kind of into the beginning of the year. I mean, we're we're going into spring and I think a lot of people are taking stock. You know, they're looking around, maybe thinking of making some changes. And I know the one thing that I always hear from people and I mean, I heard this over the years. Um, you know, at Hay House Radio, I, I hear it here at Unity, you know, so many people feel stuck and they just don't know where to go. And so they turn to people like you for some help. And I've been revisiting your book, Percolate, and it's such a fun read, you know, and I'm, and we're going to get into some principles and revisit that a little bit uh, during the hour. But I also wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourself to some of the listeners and tell people, you know, what first motivated you to get into this space, you know, into the personal development and consulting space and and wanting to help others. 
I'm a, I'm a mom of four boys, and when the littlest one, they're, well, now they're 18, 20, 22, and 24, and when the littlest one got into first grade, I thought, aha, I'll go get a job <laughs> after being at home with them for so long. And um, boy, did that turn out to be the catalyst for Best Ever You. I was in an office and everybody was fighting. I closed my door and wrote the plan for Best Ever You, a business plan that we, we all grew really fast. But it's always, I think it's always been my goal since I was a little kid to do what I'm doing um, one way or another. I love to write and read and, and collaborate with other people and um, really do truly love to help people kind of get out of their own way and get unstuck, like you said. But um, what guides me, I'm, I've been married for, for gosh, coming up on it's well over 20 years. <laughs> we were just counting that because um, I think we're going to do our 25th anniversary somewhere special. But, you know, it's family that, that grounds us and guides us. And, um, you know, just it's it, it, you know, we're all out there percolating, <laughs> doing our best. Right. Doing the best. We so can were do. you always were you always the one that friends would come to with issues or problems and you know, I remember like uh, in, in high school or, or, you know, college age, I, I would always be the one that would be kind of trapped in the ladies room with other girls. You know, they'd be like, total strangers would tell me things. I don't know if that's happened to you. And I mean, you're, and you're very approachable and easy to talk to. And, you know, were you always that person that, that wanted to help? I, you know, I am, but I'm also that person who loves to collaborate and have that other person to talk to as well. So, you know, I really firmly believe we all need each other. So, um, but yeah, overall, yes. Um, and one of one of our sons is like that as well. <laughs> the youngest one is, is like that too. Everybody goes to him. And so he's, he, it's actually really been fun having the boys with Best Ever You. They've grown up with hashtag gratitude on the refrigerator. And um, so they're a huge part of this as well. They have input all the time. That's so, so great to teach that, you know, to teach those concepts at a young age. Um, I think that's that's something that's really needed. I mean, maybe you could start Best Ever Kids or maybe you've already done that. I don't know. We've got it, actually, you know, we you know, I started to separate them out at one point and then I thought, you know, they're going to grow up with this brand. And I think it's better to make the brand available to all ages um, so that the material, you know, so that they grow up with the same message. It doesn't have to be so necessarily for kids. And we actually have a very large teen and college audience. It stuns me all the time, some of the emails that I get. So it makes me very proud. I had a, I had a gal on, um, she's a senior at Falmouth High School who is a stroke survivor. And she was on the radio with me for an hour talking about the book she wrote and how now she's going to Harvard. <laughs> so wow. we have amazing, amazing kids, um, if you can call them that, that sometimes they're more mature than us adults. Well, you have your own story, too, that I wanted you to share a little bit, because I, I think that's so interesting where, you know, you really overcame some adversity and some life-threatening health issues, you know, right about the time you created Best Ever You Network. And it was with food allergies. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really think is as serious as it could be. And you really almost lost your life in, in dealing with this and kind of came to some life-changing conclusions after going through that experience. 
Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, I I am um, almost 51, so I'm an older person with food allergies. I, I got food allergies after a pregnancy, and I have four life actual life-threatening food allergies to peanuts, fish, shellfish, and then all tree nuts as well. And they're they're doozies. <laughs> they're doozies. Um they th- I've almost died twice, once while pregnant with our, I was six months pregnant and went into anaphylactic shock with our third son, Cam. Um, and so, yes, I, I turned those moments into as, as positive as I could be. Um, and my story is in Percolate. I serve as, on the, on a, as a spokesperson for FACT, F-A-A-C-T, and Medic Alert. I help design bracelets for kids, but um, I could uh, stop me because I'll go on and on about food allergies because um, I'm a co-founder of Food Allergy Zone and my co-founder's son passed away while they were on vacation from eating pudding. So there was peanut flour in the pudding on a buffet and his son passed away. So it's serious. It's not a joke. Um, in fact, I'm gathering uh, a bunch of, this is sad, I'm gathering a bunch of parents who have lost children to food allergic reactions to bring their stories together to write a book called Food Allergy Hearts. Well, it's so, great you're bringing some attention to this this issue because, and you do, and you describe them in detail, the stories of, of what you went through and what some of the people that you know have been through. And I wasn't aware, I mean, I've been on airplanes where they'll say, you know, we're not serving peanuts or something like that. And people kind of grumble like, yeah. oh, you know, it's it's no big deal. And it's a, it's a big inconvenience that I don't get my little bag of you know dry roasted nuts on my Southwest flight. But it really is a serious thing. And I've I've spoken to other other parents. Um, a, a friend of mine here in San Diego has a daughter that, you know, has to carry around the EpiPen and that kind of thing. I mean, and do you have any idea what triggers that what causes it i mean because you said it it kind of began after your your pregnancy right you know there's so many theories of what you know what causes it and uh you know we could probably that'll be controversial if i go there um yeah that's a whole other show in my case i personally think um i had a round of antibiotics during my pregnancy and I think it wiped me out. But one doctor said, um, in my case, I my child probably needed something and it depleted me, which is fine. I'd rather have the allergies than have my child have the allergies. So um, there's everything from gut biome to uh, genetics to the food, you know, our food is tainted. To, I mean, there's so many theories of what causes it. But um, we do have, you know, we that's the the good part is that we do have a lot of research and funding and things like that. Life with food allergies is changing and there are a number of things on the horizon, especially with regard to peanut allergies. Um, so, um, you know, no real clear evidence yet. You could probably get some doctors on here who might say otherwise, but as far as I'm concerned, I haven't found a cure. Um, I deal with them by keeping inflammation down. Right. And you have to be vigilant. And I mean, yeah. you can't even be around a peanut, right? Like if you're on a no. plane and someone opens a bag, you're like switch seats. We're not going to land where you want to land <laughs> at that moment. Right. So when somebody's on board with a peanut allergy, take it seriously. JetBlue does a phenomenal job. I fly JetBlue all the time very easily. And I just make sure that people you know, sitting in my vicinity aren't, aren't uh, going to crack open trail mix. 
Um, right. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's serious. And um, I think on Twitter, No Nut Traveler does a great job um, advocating for everybody flying around with with all these allergies. She's she's a great resource for that as well. But you know, we all we all do our little part, and I appear to be one of the older people in the country with these allergies. But um, yeah, and and uh, you know, having been resuscitated twice. Um, from this, it's it's very serious. You know, we were in the hospital for a week um, trying to save our lives after after that one episode where I, I went into anaphylactic shock from eating a cookie with walnuts in it. Um, didn't know there was walnuts in it. And we went down and in the ambulance. They couldn't give me epinephrine. Um, so it was incredibly dangerous. And they wouldn't let my wow. husband in I'm... the ambulance either. That's fun. You have to follow your wife and unborn son in, in an ambulance to the 30 minutes away. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, we were fighting for our life on that one for sure. Uh, fighting for both of our lives. And so, um, yeah, it's serious. And, but you know, the, with percolate, you know, when you, when you have moments like that, where something happens to, you you know, like when you have to change or you want to make a change and so forth, I, I go to my own book a lot actually for that process. Um, because I, you know, I kind of wrote the process for percolate based on my own experiences of how I think as human beings, we deal with change. And, um, I think we maneuver in and out of that nine step process a lot. Well, I think it's it's interesting in that in your case, maybe, you know, so the catalyst was uh, food allergies with other people. It might be a death in the family or a divorce or any other life altering, maybe not necessarily life threatening issue. But I'm always interested in those stories in what is the catalyst that will make people change. And in a lot of cases, it can be hitting rock bottom or you lose everything due to alcoholism or something like that. I mean, I, and I, and I always marvel at the resilience of people in their ability to come out of those situations, you know, like in, in your case coming out of, you know, dealing with almost losing your life and, and taking, taking a look at what you're doing and taking stock and making changes. So I, I think that, that, journey for people is really interesting to explore. And, you know, that's what I wanted to kind of, you know, unpeel with you or unpack, you know, a little bit today, you know, talking about making big shifts and life changes, because, I mean, do you think that it really takes hitting that rock bottom place or, you know, to, to make that, to make those shifts? Do people usually need to be shaken up in some way, right? Yeah, you know, um, I, I wish it were different than that, or was different than that, whichever word is right there. Um, unfortunately, in in 15 years of doing this now, on in owning Best Ever You, most people come to us when there's a crisis, um, and most often, sadly, it's medical. Like if I pulled up analytics on things, it would probably be a really bad medical crisis. And now, what do I do? Sometimes we get those folks where. Um, you know, they just want to make a, you know, lose 20 pounds or something like that and need a little guidance, you know, those types of things. But, but some of the people that I've helped are really in, in major medical crisis or some type of crisis that you're talking about. So I would agree with you on that. Um, what I, what I love about Best Ever You now that it's in its, you know, 15th year is that, um, 
some of the some of the younger folks are growing up with this brand and I notice a tremendous shift in younger people being way more aware and having tools and resources available to them where some of us older folks, you know, try used to walk around trying to hide everything, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's great. There's nothing wrong. People these days will be like, yep, this is exactly what's wrong. And they'll find a community or someone to help them with it. And I think that's really amazing um, in social media. Um, if I can keep going on for a second, let me know. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. We've got, we have a few minutes until our break. I'm talking with Elizabeth Hamilton Guarino about making some changes and we're, we're pulling some, uh, some great um, insight and strategies from her book percolate. Um, but I was going to ask you too about the, the comment, um, just kind of jumping off on what you were talking about, because I think the younger generation, you know, millennials and younger, I guess my nephew would be like Gen Z, um, <laughs> You know, I don't even know what they call it, what the, those generations what is, are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've lost it. But I think that they, a lot of times they get a bad rap for being disconnected, you know, just so sucked into their phones and, you know, way too concerned about what other people think and comparing themselves on social media and all of that. And part of that may be true, but I think it gives me hope in what you're saying that, you know, maybe that's, that's not entirely the case that they do want they do want change I think definitely think? both but but I do think that people are talking uh, talking more about you know the stigma of mental illness they're talking about their problems they're talking you know I think people are out there on social media I know when I take a really quick click glance at my quick glance at my feed in the morning on Facebook, I'll see a lot of friends in my Facebook feed requesting prayer, um, thoughts, prayers, and you know, all those things. I take those seriously because those are really real people taking the time to go onto social media and ask you to think about them or write in a comment to let them know you're thinking about them. So I'm, I'm, I try to be very aware like that. And I also wanted to chat, I, I kind of call it like this probably isn't the right word, but I call it this in my head, so I'll just say it, walking wounded. And what I mean by that, and it might be the wrong phrase, so I apologize if it is, but I really think a lot of us are walking around with something very serious playing in the background. And and it takes us all pausing to to really respect other people that we encounter through the day or moments with grace, gratitude, compassion, and that sense of collaboration. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in a person's background that you might not be aware of just by meeting them in the grocery store or encountering, encountering them in a line or whatever. And I love it when we pause for awareness of, of other people. Right. That's, that's a good point. You know, just taking a step and, you know, what's going on in that person's life. I mean, sometimes I think of that if I'm at, you know, maybe there's this coffee shop down the street called the stats and I'll go in there and just kind of look at the cast of characters, you know, yes. and, and think like what, what's going on there? You know, what's, what's happening in that person's life, you know, and it's interesting. I'm sure you've been, I mean, it's funny, the books percolate, but you know, when you go in a coffee shop and more than half the people are sitting there with their buried in their computers, they're working, people use it as virtual workspace. And, and I always wonder what's up with that? What are they doing? You know, what's going on in their life? But, you know, yeah, take a minute to maybe have compassion for what your fellow man is is going through 
um, yeah. you know, definitely helps. That's for sure. And I wanted to ask you too about um, one of the first things you say in the book, which I think is so great, you know, life opens up when you shift your energy into the passions and talents that tap into your soul. And I've talked to people who say they have no talent. <laughs> I mean, I've talked to a girlfriend and she's always complaining about her job, you know, it sucks, this and that. And I said, well, what do you really want to do? What what is your, what is your talent? What's your passion? She's like, ah, you know, I have no talent. Now you work with people to really excavate that, you know, how do you, how do you do that to get people thinking about what their passions and talents really are? It takes prying. That's for sure. Sometimes some people are really super obvious with it and really great at everything they do. And other people really do sit around in, I completely suck mode. And it's getting those people to, um, you know, really open up to you at sometimes it's, it's, it may be something it's, it's not a perceived talent that they might have that they're going to share with the world, but it could be something that they're good at. And it's just going to be sort of internal, like coloring or baking a cookie or the way they arrange their closet or you know whatever it is it could be so much different than what you're what you you know you're thinking in terms of like the compare and despair thing where somebody else is such a great baseball player and I'm not or you know whatever it is um but we you know we go through a lot of questions to get to some of those authentic and unique uh self-recognition moments um, because we all, that's one of my goals in life is to help people realize that they're unique and they're valued. Their thoughts are valued and their authentic self is valued. And I'm not sure a lot of people walk around thinking that like you say with your girlfriend. Oh yeah. It's, it's so true. And, and I like what you're saying about kind of looking at, what people are good at, like, like that particular person that I'm talking about that says she has no talent is really the most organized. I, I might say anal person that I know where yeah. she's just very detail oriented, you know? And I mean, how many people need a person like that in their organization, you know, in their office or, you know, someone as an executive assistant or, whatever, you know, I mean, just someone who is organized. And I was trying to tell her, look, that's really your talent. Like you remember everything, you know, you balance she would when we had checkbooks, I guess no one really does that anymore that everything's online. You know, but she would be that person that would know where everything goes balances it to the penny. And being able to recognize those kinds of talents with people, because it may not be obvious, right? Like, you yeah. know, you see someone with great talent, like musical talent or artistic, or they're beautiful writers or that kind of thing. It, it may be something a little more subtle than that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and getting people to really realize that we all need each other so much. We need all of those different talents. Some people are talkers. Some people are listeners. Some people are doers. Some people are dreamers. You know, it's all over the place. And um, I think that's probably one of the hugest takeaways I've learned from attending Harvard Business School is um, in this leadership class that I have um it it's just been so amazing to learn about all of the different people and their take on life um, and, and, and what their skills are. Um, we all have them. And sometimes it takes somebody else believing in you a little bit more than you believe in yourself <laughs> at that moment 
to to bring that out. And other people, like you said, you know, are just really obvious, you know, like, yep, you're a great musician. And sometimes even they don't feel that they're great compared to other people. So I think I think one of the messages I have there is, you know, when you compare yourself to other people, you completely block gratitude for yourself and others completely blocks it out. Right, right. No, that's so true. And I wanted to ask you, though, just it made me think when you mentioned Harvard Business School. So um, back a few years ago, I was talking to an author named Richard Brody, and he was actually um, one of the first people at Microsoft that developed Word, you know, so super smart guy. He went to Harvard, you know, one of those people that you would think is a brainiac. And I asked him like, what was the best thing about Harvard? I mean, it just, it sounds so impressive. And he said, really the best thing about Harvard was the connections, being able to interact and meet and, you know, make friends with and work with those kind of people that that's what really benefited him later on, you know, making those kind of connections. Actually, I, I feel mean, like I'm stuck. Connections. One, of the <laughs> one of the instructors I love, Mia Menz, I just <laughs> completely found her on LinkedIn. I'm like, I need to know you. So I completely agree. Um, I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I've turned into a stalker here, but you are so cool. The brilliance is amazing. Um, just the the different ways that people think. I think it's any in any place, though, if you really truly think about other people and respect all of our differences and all of our everything. Um, there's brilliance everywhere, not just necessarily at Harvard, but um, at some of the people at Harvard are really brilliant though. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, oh geez. Yeah. It's a great well to draw from, I'm sure. <laughs> you learn, but I love you that whole. Learn about yourself. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. No, I love that whole idea of, you know, recognizing the talent in others and then working with them and, and collaborating and, um, you know, like I'm working on a project right now uh, with another person who it, it's perfect because she's so much better at all of the things that I'm not and vice versa, you know? So I, I think that recognizing those things in other people and kind of taking advantage of that because you're stronger together. I mean, I can't, I couldn't do yeah. You know, some of this, these things I'm trying to do with this other project without this other person, I, I would oh. just be overwhelmed. Oh, these are the discussions we need to have more of. I, I just so completely agree with you. It's hard to just, oh, I just want to chime in so much. Um, I met a, there's this huge group on Facebook called Women to Women Entrepreneurs. And um, I put a, I can't remember if I put the call out or she put the call out, but it was basically, there's 250,000 people in this group, by the way, put the call out. Hey, can somebody help me learn um, live Facebook video? You know, just somebody go online with me at the same time and do this kind of, kind of moment. And I answered it or she answered it. I can't remember which one, but we have turned in the in the many weeks now in knowing each other she's good at certain things i'm good at other things and we collaborate all the time now and imagine meeting That's somebody so like that in a sea of 250,000 people it's just been a <laughs> well, while hold that thought we're going to just take a short break and come back and chat more with elizabeth hamilton guarino we're going to percolate some good ideas and if you'd like to join the conversation you're welcome 816-251-3555 we'll be right back All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Thanks for joining me through the break. Welcome back. I'm here with my friend Elizabeth Hamilton Guarino and just chatting here. She's an amazing life coach, um, also a corporate coach and founder and CEO of the Best Ever You Network. So you might have come across her uh, out there online or on her radio show on Blog Talk Radio and kind of revisiting some points from her amazing book that was out a few years ago, Percolate, and just you know, chatting about moving forward, embracing change and being the best that we can be. And we were talking a little bit before the break about collaboration, you know, and I was sharing how I love working with people that kind of complement what what I'm lacking and then I bring, you know, what I bring to the table. And and I just think that's that's such a fun way to to work. And I mean I, I love collaboration and it's actually the one big thing that I that I really miss even though I do collaborate with people in a different way since I started working from home but that was really hard for me at first to make that shift because I missed that interaction with people every day that I had in an office setting you know, for 11 years um, so I don't know I mean if you have you found that too because you've worked in corporate in the corporate world and then work from home too I mean did you have a hard time with that did you have separation anxiety from <laughs> from your coworkers, or are you happy, you know, to get away from them? I, I think I've gone them. back and forth through the years. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did in early on, I did work for about 10 years in the corporate setting. And then beyond that consulting and all those things. And then finally, you know, threw in the towel with, with four boys and work from home. Um, it, you know, it, it goes back and forth, but I do love collaborating in the way that I've learned to collaborate working from home um, are projects. So like write a book with somebody or do like I've, I've got a book coming out here pretty soon about food allergies for kids with the wonderful, uh, amazing artist, Sally Huss. So I love to collaborate on little projects like that. You might find that really helpful for you. Um, out there for for you and or if you're out there listening and feel kind of the same way but yeah you know but I think collab I think we're all so much better together um because like you said um you know somebody will have a strength or a talent or a weakness um that you have or don't have and um yeah Chris Fuller at Your Life Sparkles we we are collaborating on so much she's got thing she's got such a graphic artist part of her that I just don't have <laughs> if you've ever seen me right. draw anything I can't <laughs> and I don't use the word I can't very much that's that's kind of like the forbidden two words but uh yeah no I'm not an artist uh can write no I've, and, I've, I wish oh. I was <laughs> yeah it would be that would be great you know, it's funny. I'm actually speaking of artists, just kind of an aside. So I'm taking these pottery classes um, and it's so funny um, to kind of let go of your idea of perfection and that kind of thing, because I'm I'm really awful. And it looks like, you know, a two year old <laughs> made this pot, but I'm still I'm, I'm trying and exploring, you know, and trying new things. So. It's funny, but yeah, I wish I could just whip something out. This guy next to me just whipped out this amazing bowl, and I said, "All right, let's see a service of eight. Come on." You know? yeah. <laughs> and I sit there and look around like at my pathetic thing, but it's oh, all trying, yeah, we, right? You have to at least try. Baseball player. 
Yeah, we, we have a college baseball player and his worst class in high school was a straight A student pretty much and his worst class in high school was uh, cer like ceramic throwing. And like I had to actually stay after school for that class to and, and brought home some of the most amazing <laughs> bowls that you've ever seen. <laughs> and I say that sarcastically, they're, um, I love that kid, but wow. Um, but the whole baseball <laughs> team played a uh, joke on him uh, one day at practice at saying he got a scholarship to go to art school and play baseball there. And it was very funny. <laughs> He's like, oh no. That's <laughs> great, but you love them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know, like, you know, we're, some things we're just not great at. And and those are the things where you just smile and continue to improve, I guess. Because if it's something you really want to do, you know, kind of who cares, it's fun. Um, right. I, I feel the same way with, with those types of classes. They're super fun. Um, but I don't think anytime soon is anybody going to buy one of my ceramic bowls <laughs> or maybe. Well, I think people, people are hard on, their, on themselves, I think. And, you know, people get overwhelmed in trying something new or by taking the first steps towards change, you know, and over overcoming that fear. And what's your advice to get started? I, I had read in the book that you have some questions to ask yourself when you want to you know, getting that mindset to make a change. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the, the nine steps of change in Percolate go hand in hand with these five questions. And sometimes people want me to decipher the coffee metaphors into like the actual nine steps of change. And I can certainly do that. Um, but the big five questions that you can ask yourself, maybe not so much in line with taking a, a pottery class, but maybe more in line, it could be actually, but you know, like when you want to turn a hobby into a business or something like that. The first one is, is this in line with the essence of who I really am? Is it my truth that goes to the core of you? Um, the second one is, is this becoming of my unique and authentic self that goes to the art of you, the art of who you are? The third one is, how does this make me feel? Talking about the heart of you. The humanity of you is, how does the world or those around me benefit by this moment? I'm kind of chuckling there at my pottery. I'm not sure that might benefit the world. Um, and then in the sport of you, like, does this moment contribute to my longevity and well-being? Those are five pretty tried and tested questions you can ask yourself in moments of indecision to help guide you to make a decision um, along with the nine steps of change. And I, I use those all the time with people. They they seem easy, but they questions. really kind of get you thinking, especially if you get a if you like to write, <laughs> get that journal and you, out. And you do uh, you advocate journaling in the book. I mean, sometimes I I try to do that. I mean, I keep you know a little pad, um, you know, of paper by my by my bed, and sometimes I'll wake up and I'll jot things down or my intention for the day or that kind of thing. But I'm, I mean, I'm not uh, regular with it. I don't, I don't do it all the time. I mean, do you, are you a long time journaler? I know some people that have journals that go back to, you know, high school or grade school. I carry them around with me and I do They're little, little tiny notebooks and I might not go on and on and on anymore, but I, I do write, you know, if a thought co comes across my head and I need to remember that for a blog or something I want to say or write or do, I'll jot that down for sure. Um, most of percolate when my father was, uh, in the rehab center for this being a stroke survivor, most of percolate was written in those moments. Um, also, so yeah, I, I love journaling. I think journal prompts 
you know, the, if, if you took those five questions and wrote about each of them, like took, like sometimes I'll have, I'll ask people to take one of the questions and write about it for an entire week. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a, an essay it can be, as you think about it, open your journal and write down a statement or a, or a word or, or draw something or journals don't always have to be written. A lot of people take crayons to their journal. Yeah, you admit in the book that you've done some in purple crayon. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and hey, whatever color you want, you know, burnt sienna, <laughs> whichever one you want to use is, is great. Uh, but I, I like I like that, you know, just kind of jot things down. And your book is very experiential in that way that, you know, you kind of weave in some writing prompts and exercises and, and things like that to get people thinking. And I think that's good, you know, when you start taking those steps and just shake people a little bit and, and get them thinking in a different way. Now, what do you do when you are working with someone, you know, or a group and people start going down that path to make some change, but then a lot of times they'll get resistance. You know, sometimes your friends and family will say, hey, you know, what's up? I used to be able to get you to do anything I wanted and now you won't, you know? <laughs> like when you start changing, you know, sometimes it affects the people around you. I mean, have you seen that? How do you, how do you handle that? Well, that's that's probably the one point of fear that stops people from making change or the people around them. How's, uh, and the people around you are, are sort of forced in a way to deal with this new you. And it takes it. That's the point. A lot of the time where people give up because they're going to outgrow other people um, or change so much that the people around them are going to have to change in a way, too. And it, it you know, it all goes round and round. Um, so that, there's lots of different ways to deal with that. One of the key ones is just teaching resilience and allowing for people to have that space around you as you're growing and changing and, and implementing something that you want to do. I mean, I can think about when I, I'll, I'll never forget the look on my parents' face when I said, I don't want to live in Minnesota anymore. Guess what? I'm going to get divorced and move all the way to California. I mean, really, <laughs> you should have seen the look wow. on their face. And they were mad at me <laughs> for a very long time. Many years after that, um, I got a lot of crap for that choice. And I look back on that and, you know, I would have made that choice again love you but I had to do something else and um and now they now um my dad just passed away but he had the most fun in Tahoe ever we had so much fun bringing my parents out to California they just had to get comfy around it so you know you got to allow people to get comfy with with your change you might even have to I know right. I had to get comfy with my own self with that one oh, I, I mean I've been through that too yeah. It's it's not easy and you deal with a lot of guilt, you know, when you make a change that you feel so strongly about. I mean, I moved from Florida from my hometown of Fort Lauderdale. Um, the first big move I made was to Texas and that was a culture shock, you know, but it was such a great catalyst and, and it was it was a good move. And then eventually when I, I went back to Florida, then I moved from Florida to California and, you know, my parents at the time, you know, they they hated it and I felt a lot of guilt about that. But then, like you said, looking back, you know, you, you make the right decision and, and you see the opportunities that open up as a result of that. But that can be really scary. I mean, a lot of people will not make a decision or a move or something like that for that very reason, because they have friends and family that are giving them such resistance and telling them not to. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's Another sad, one you know? is when there's a couple and one of them want, one person in the couple wants to lose weight, the other person is faced, you know, like with a lot of thought going on. Why does this person want to lose weight? What are they going to What happens if they lose all this weight? Are they going to leave me or <laughs> I've heard it all with weight loss too. And um there there's just so much surrounding different changes that we make. And my advice to people is make the change. There may be fallout and you're going to deal, you're going to, we'll deal with that when we get there, but make the change, whatever you're thinking about percolate for sure. It's a, it's a resource at least to show you the steps to help you make the change. And in that in percolate, like steps four, five, six, and seven is the, is the zone we're kind of talking about right now, where it's going to get real uncomfortable. And what are we going to do about it? Am I going to quit? Or am I going to keep going? How am I going to deal with people around me? Half the time people start changing with you. Like when you lose weight, you know, the, it's like, if you sell your house, the neighborhood sells their house, you know, kind of thing. If that right, can be kind of right. fun too. Well, also with, as a result of that, so you know, let's talk a little bit about failure because I know it's, un it's an uncomfortable subject for people, but I always like to talk about failing up. And uh, that was actually a great book by uh, this guy, Tavis Smiley, um, who's a PBS host. And I had a chance to talk with him uh, a few years back, but I always liked the concept of that book. And he shared some failures that he had learned from, you know, now say you do make that big move and it doesn't work out. I mean, like I made this big life-changing move with, with a job. I moved from Florida to Austin. Well, a year into that job, they fired everybody, including me. <laughs> like, yeah. what did I do? I just moved my life, you know. But I'm, some good things came out of that that experience as well. And, I mean, some people will be totally derailed, I guess is the question. You know, how do you not derail yourself from something that didn't quite work out the way you thought that in your mind you might perceive as a failure. Well, fa you know, it, it sounds cliche, but failure really does teach, teach us things. And, um, I think, I think most of us have failed more than we've succeeded. I, somebody once said to me, you're going to put 10 things out in, into the universe and nine of them are going to fail. One of them might succeed. And I just, I think that's just so true. And, um, I, I just even think about percolate and the stack of rejection letters I have um, before I had two offers on the book, you know, just, it's just, I say, keep going. You, <laughs> that's, that's the simple answer. Keep going through your failure, learn, learn through your failures. Um, and you'll, you know, you get to know yourself a little better. Um, that might not be the answer everybody wants to hear. Cause a lot of people like to use failure as an excuse to quit. Right, right. And that's what I'm trying to have people avoid that trap, you know, of just giving up. And I mean, I could have I could have given up many and I've failed at many things, in, including the, the pottery class, <laughs> you know, but um, it just having the having the the ability or or the strength to pick up and maybe try a different approach or. Well, or try sure. Something and else. You know, I don't think every everything everybody does is going to be an instant, you know, raving success. I just think about even being an author. 
Um, you know, I, I encounter a lot of people are like, oh, I want to write a book and it's going to make me rich and famous and I'm going to do this and that. And I'm like, you know, as far as I can tell, you know, the, the jet hasn't landed in a lot of people's front yards and the red carpet isn't rolled up to your front door. It takes a lot of work and practice. I love practice, 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 practice. You learn from your mistakes. Um, that's what T-ball is all about, you know, learning how to play baseball, everybody, those fundamentals and learning, and you can't skip those steps and failure is part of it. I agree. I think sometimes in the the world that we're in now that maybe people think that things should be happening on a certain timeline. Like I remember thinking at, I was like 25 or 26 and I thought, well, I should be making $26,000 a year, you know, and, yeah. and believe me at the time I wasn't, you know, I was slinging hash somewhere, you know, waiting tables and, and certainly not even making that. But, you know, you have these unrealistic ideas of where you think that you should be. And I think just getting, getting comfortable with where you are. And you talk about this a little bit in the book, you know, kind of accepting where things are and being okay with that or accepting where you are at that moment and then being able to you know continue to take those steps you know we talk a lot about this in our our household like when's enough enough or you know if you are ambitious it does that nix out gratitude um so i think what a lot of people are really dealing with is ambition and ambition is wonderful having dreams goals ambition and all of that stuff are great i i like to use the term consciously ambitious so that you're not trampling over yourself and everyone in your path to get to what you want to that you know instant success and i also um think that especially in social media, there's a lot of fake out there. You can um, buy fake followers and likes and all this stuff to be, you know, to appear to be something that you're really not. And I think it's just really important to be organic and really love yourself. Self-love, self-worth come into play in all of everything that we're talking about. And you're so positive. I mean, every time I, I've talked to you, you, you always seem to be in a, you know, in a positive mindset. I mean, what, you know, what have you learned or what do you do over the years? I mean, I know you journal, but I mean, it's hard to be like Pollyanna, you know, <laughs> positive all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, and I mean, do you have a strong faith practice or, you know, what are, what are some of the things that you personally draw from? I kind of love the fact that I was put on the planet as a pretty happy person. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't get sad or challenged or anything like that, like we all do. But I really, I think up to a certain point, I had I had issues with this more. But the point at which I was sitting watching my dad struggle as a stroke survivor And I have this kind of in the book and he rattled off, you know, in this moment where no one's ever supposed to say anything in this test, he rattled off aardvark, benevolence, courage, determination, excellence, you know, faith, although it was a swear word at the time and all these positive words that I sort of changed my thinking on the whole woe is me attitude or um, not being grateful in just about every moment that you can be because it's a pretty short um, existence in a way. And, um, so I try to be really mindful and really make sure that my, that I I know my moments matter. And, um, and when I, 
you know, I'm kind of going on and on here, but when I forget that I, I talk to people like, Oh, I, I really do. I'll, I'll like say to my husband, boy, I feel kind of funny about this or don't feel great about that. Um, or my mom or whatever. I'd say the, the best ever you community is a great resource too. Like I love all the people in our community on Facebook. They're amazing. There's not one of them where you can't pick up the phone and have a chat randomly. <laughs> it's so, so really cool. surrounding yourself, you know, with people that are going to support you or be in your front row that I like to yeah. call it, you know, that, that want honestly and sincerely, sincerely want the best for you. You like you. I mean, I, I can remember having some serious conversations with you about, you know, feeling like I wasn't, you know, good enough author or good enough, you know, good enough at this or that, or, you know, we've had some tough conversations about, you know, what direction I should go in for this or that. And it, this is a moment for me. I really appreciate being on your show. I'm so grateful to you as a person and for who you are. And, um, those are the types of conversations and people that you need where you can really be honest and say, look, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not doing great at this. Should I continue? Should I stop? Should I keep going? Should I try harder? <laughs> you know, I've had that, right. conver- you know, my conversation. Right. No, that's yeah. true. <laughs> no, that's nice. I, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I guess what, well, you can kind of learn from that, you know, from this, from this conversation, like, you don't know how you influence or or touch or you know how how you're impacting other people you know other people around you it was funny i just recently reconnected you know through the the magic of facebook with a a girlfriend from high school and i haven't seen her since high school and it was so funny what her memories of me during that time and she goes oh i remember you know you seem so confident you're a great clarinet player i'm like what (laughs) i was awful i faked it through band you know i i was terrible and it was just funny where I I couldn't believe like what she remembered, but I said, okay, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take it. You know, if yeah. you thought that, but if we, I guess if we can only be a little more mindful of how we are touching other people through, you know, our daily interactions, you know, whether it's business or sending an email or, or something like that, you know, trying, yeah. just trying to be the best, the best that we can be and, and being mindful of that. And I love how you kind of weave grateful through the book too, you know, and being grateful because that's po- that's popped up a couple of times just in the kind of this conversation today, you know, and that's important to you as well, isn't it? Just to kind of take a minute and, you know, be grateful for things. Oh goodness, yes. Um, you know, I I'm a human being who is grateful for breath. I mean, I really can actually say that. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, good. You know, um, because I'm navigating my life with with food allergies. And there's a lot of things that people navigate through every day. Um, Not everybody is just, you know, peachy and rosy every day. You know, there's a lot of people with a lot of issues. So gratitude is something you can frame your life in gratitude. I know a lot of people who make lists. I'm grateful for my dog and my husband and my kids and my this and my that and whatever order it goes in. Um, But I have sort of a different spin on gratitude in that I I root my practice in, in breath. And eyesight too. I got to, I probably need to add that in because I have really bad eyesight, um, especially from um, some of the medical issues that I've had with food allergies. I have a negative nine in each eye now. So I'm wow. very grateful for contacts and glasses. Right. So just make, you know, making, uh, 
making sure you acknowledge that, you know, and yeah. be grateful. I like that. It, it's been so fun to talk with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful you could come on this show. I have a lot of gratitude. Uh, I mean, we just have a, a couple of minutes um, to wrap up the hour and there's, there's so many, you know, directions that, that we could go into. I'll just have to have you back, you know, again at, at some point and we'll chat, but I mean, what are you working on now? You know, what else is going on in, in your world that you could share with us? Well, I've got a couple of kids books actually coming out this year. Um, the Pinky Doodle Bug series is coming out. And um, that's where um, a writer matches with an artist to put books out into the world. It's a cute little kids book. Um, so Pinky Doodle Bug and Pinky Doodle Dance. And then we've got a food allergy book coming out, a kid's book uh, for, for food allergies. And then I really kind of um, wish I could direct people kind of to Percolate Project. Would that be okay? Like we have percolate oh, sure. of course. all the time through here. If you go to percolateproject.com, um, it's it's completely not anything we get money from or anything like that. It's it's be part of the wave of kindness, and it's it's was started by my son who's now a, a freshman at RIT in Rochester, New York, and um, it's basically um, a, sort of like a pay it forward little card where you get a card and buy somebody coffee and pass the card back in the drive through. It's gone all over the country and it's hashtag percolate project. And we've had people do way more than buy cups of coffee for people. We've had people pay off medical bills and all sorts of things from the percolate project. But it, he wrote it, if I can read this, um, he wrote it to inspire, yeah. educate and empower ourselves and others to create acts of community acts of kindness for peace, love and happiness in our communities. He wrote that, not me. <laughs> I love it. Wow, that's such a cool idea. I love that. So you would just, if you're in the line in Starbucks, you would just say, hey, I'm buying the guy behind me his coffee and pay it forward. Yeah, and pass the card back so that the card, so you, you pay, the card doesn't have money on it. I think maybe Quaid will make it so it does in the future as he learns, but you pay, you pay for the coffee. And then um, a lot of the times the person like from Starbucks or wherever will hand the next person in line the card. Like you pay for the coffee, give the guy the card, and they'll pass the card back. It's been That's fun. That's so great. What a cool idea. I love that. Elizabeth Hamilton Guarino, you're so awesome. I'm so glad you could join me. Uh, the book is Percolate. Find her online. Best Ever You Network, Best Ever You Radio Show on Blog Talk. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's been fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.